1: Where does Jamie Eisenberg stand on the most polarizing players in fantasy football? We'll talk about it next on fantasy football today in five. Welcome to FFT in five. I'm Chris Towers here on the Wednesday, August 24th episode with Jamie Eisenberg here to talk about the most polarizing players in fantasy. And we'll start with the, I think arguably the most polarizing quarterback in fantasy, Joe Burrow, number four in QB ADP ahead of Lamar Jackson. I know he, had this big breakout. He's an elite prospect coming off the Super Bowl run. Where are you standing on Joe Burrow? QB4, is that too high or too low? So first let me ask you, uh, which ADP are you using? That's
0: NFC ADP yeah. over the last week. So it's it's very interesting because as I think we're starting to see more redraft leagues uh, holding their drafts. Um, for example, on, on our site, the CBS Sports ADP, he's QB11. And so if you tell me I'm getting him at QB 11, I'm all in. I think that's a perfect spot for him. Uh, you know, once you get past probably the seven or eight, you, you know, guys, he's he's in the conversation. Um, I prefer him actually at 11. That's where I have him ranked. At QB 4, there's no way I'm buying Joe Burrow. You know, I, I think as we saw last year, the highs were amazing. And the two 40-plus point games that he had at the end of the regular season show you the upside. If he could do that clearly on a consistent basis, then he's worth drafting as a top four quarterback, top five quarterback. But, you know, you have to sort of – get past the Super Bowl run, you have to get past the fact that his receiving core is amazing and that they upgraded the offensive line and just realize that they're not going to throw the ball as much as some of these top tier teams mm-hmm. that have these quarterbacks in this range. I don't think he's going to have the same amount of attempts, obviously, as a Tom Brady. Uh, probably not as the same amount as, as a Mahomes or a Herbert or, you know, what I would expect to be um, you know Josh Allen as well. And so I think if you're you're paying that price, you're paying for him to have this amazing breakout season and I just don't see it happening. So I like Joe Burrow a lot. I think in the right context, he's a breakout player, but if I have to draft him that high, no way.
1: Yeah, I think he could play as well or even better than he did last season, but it's going to be hard to replicate the efficiency, especially. He had uh, 10 passes over 50 yards last season. Uh, Matthew Stafford was the only other player to do that last season, and I think he had eight touchdowns of over 50 yards. That's the most over the past five seasons. So as good as the receiving core is, you know, Kirk Cousins has a pretty good receiving core, too, and he's not going as QB4 in in drafts. So I think, yeah, it's it's hard to justify Joe Burrow at that cost. Let's talk about another second-year breakout candidate, Javante Williams, in NFC drafts over the last week. He's RB9, ahead of Saquon Barkley, Aaron Jones, and Alvin Kamara. Do you think that's too high or too low?
0: It's too high, you know, and I think, uh, look, it's, it's exciting to – go off of the quote of Melvin Gordon that the coaching Mm -hmm. staff wants Javante to be the guy we all want Javante to be the guy, but I don't think we're going to see Javante be the guy to the point of where he should be drafted that high. And so I I love the upside. I love the talent. You know, you saw it last year when he had the full-time role for the one game against the chiefs. It's the one game we always reference. but you know, 29 PPR points is hard to overlook. Now he's (laughs) still very successful in the games where his carries were up, um, obviously he has the ability to be the passing downs guy as well, but I don't think Melvin Gordon is going away. And, uh, even before we started doing this, Chris, I was just reading one of the beat writer reports about how the coaching staff, you know, I think was surprised that Melvin Gordon came in as good a shape as he did. Not that they were mm-hmm. expected to be out of shape, but that he just impressed them, uh, with how he showed up to camp on the other side of it. I think part of the reason why Melvin Gordon took his time to sign with the Broncos the offer was probably on the table based on how you sort of read the reports that he was looking for maybe a chance to be the guy someplace else. And so uh Javante should lead the team in touches but is it going to be 55 45 60 40 70 30 as we start to creep up into that range he's obviously worth at least a second round pick but if you're talking about you know 55 45 50 50 third round might be even too high as well so uh if he dominates touches, he's well worth the pick in that range but I just don't see that happen
1: yeah that's where it gets hard for me to justify especially with like Saquon Barkley and Alvin Kamara going behind him Aaron Jones is going to split touches too although we expect him to have that passing game role but Kamara and Barkley, they just seem so locked into, you know, more valuable roles than Javante Williams. So I would take those guys over him. And I think we're going to make it three for three in guys who you're on the uh, the negative side of things when it comes to the polarization, because Debo Samuel is the last one we're going to ask about. He's one of the best wide receiver in football last year. Also, pretty dang good running back in the second half of the season. But questions about his role and his new QB and Trey Lance have made him a hot-button topic. He's wide receiver seven right now. I think you're lower on him than that, right?
0: Yeah, and this is where format comes into play. You know, I think in non and half PPR, he's a little bit more valuable because of the potential touchdowns that he should score, and obviously if he stays in his role uh, as a rusher. But I don't think we're going to see the receptions be in the range of what a top seven, eight receiver is. And, and this is where the ADP on our side is a little bit more skewed in the wrong direction for me. He's wide receiver four on CBS Sports yeah. ADP. So I just can't buy that. You know, I, I love his talent. I love his upside. But I am concerned about Trey Lance maximizing his potential as a receiver and even as a rusher because of how Lance will operate a little bit differently than Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, I think it's Debo's—it's in Debo's benefit right now that Elijah Mitchell's banged up because if they don't trust Jeff Wilson or Trey Sermon or Tyrion Davis-Price, we may see him back in that role a little bit more than maybe even he wants to do. But I think a lot of people got back excited about Debo Samuel to the high end, to the ceiling when we saw the contract news about how there's incentives for him to play running back. But I think his carries are probably going to get cut in half. I think as we saw at the end of last season, when Brandon Ayuk was out of the doghouse, Ayuk was out targeting him. That's not, I think, an indication that that Ayuk is better than Samuel, but just a, a significant factor. And obviously, as we saw in the beginning of the season, when Ayuk was in the doghouse, George Kittle was banged up as well. So I think, again, you're paying for the ceiling for Debo Samuel, for his type of talent. That might not be a bad thing, But all these things have to break right again for him to be that type of player, and I just think that's a little bit of a risk, and he's going too soon.
1: And worth remembering last year, you know, this time last year, a lot of people were discounting Debo Samuel because he had missed some pretty significant time with foot injuries his first two seasons. So that concern hasn't necessarily all the way gone away. So, yeah, I agree. Debo Samuel, wide receiver seven, a little too high. Top 12, late second rounder, I'm on board with it. But, you know, where he's likely to go in most drafts, I'm probably out. That's going to do it for FFT and Five. Before we go, though, I want to remind you about our FFT Draftathon coming August 31st at 6 p.m. on CBS Sports HQ and the Fantasy Football Today YouTube channel. We're raising money for a great cause, and the link to our St. Jude donation page is in the podcast description. Or you can use the QR code on this YouTube channel where you can bid on pre draft calls with our experts and friends from around the fantasy industry, spawn in the FFT Podcast League, guest spot on Fantasy Football Today, and more. We'll see you next time on Fantasy Football Today and Five.